Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to have you guys back for the Garden Culture Podcast. And today we are going to talk about holiday herbs because I think the real like gateway into craving our gardens is the herb patch. And I have a girlfriend. My proof of concept is this. She was telling me her and her friend were both saying that they just yearned for that like run outside to the garden, snip some herbs, bring it in for dinner moment. Like that's an exact moment. That's the vibe. And she is someone, she's like a busy mom, wife, businesswoman, and she's not quite made the time yet to really do the garden because I know she has other priorities, but I think that if we had made it more accessible for her to just have an herb garden, it would really set things off in the right direction. So anyone that wants to get started right now, fall or winter with gardening, with that cozy, hygge, vibey moment, herbs are going to be your access point. And I think additionally, us as gardeners who really love to garden could build beautiful holiday herb gardens to gift to people. And I know that this is possible because the last year I taught a class on holiday herb planters and I got a ton of herbs. There were like 15 or 20 people and we jammed these beautiful tubs full of herbs, way tighter and cozier than you ever thought possible. And they made the most fantastic gifts and they were so, so cute and lovely. So I'm going to walk you through the herbs to choose from and then which ones to plant together based on their needs. Although herbs are fairly resilient, um, but if you want it, if you're really concerned about like the water and the sun and all of that, I'll walk you through it. And then we'll talk about usage, meaning kind of stuff like that. So hang on to your hat. We're talking about holiday herbs. Okay. So grab a pen and paper if you want, but I also think I'm going to try and give you guys a little free download of this. And it comes with a recipe too. It's just holiday herbs. A little guide has a note from me, a rosemary biscuit recipe, and then it lists out all the details of this conversation. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Um, But this is just a really fun thing to have or to send to someone that you want to get into this that you know would love it. None of these herbs are going to be eccentric or unique, like unapproachable. You've heard of them, but I think you might not be categorizing them as like a holiday moment. So that being said, because you know, I love to dabble in like the actual wonky, wild, amazing herbs, but this is entry level. So the first one is oregano. There are many varieties. You can get Greek oregano, Italian oregano. I do both in the garden. They just, the taste and the intensity varies. Um, I love an Italian oregano for like a classic oregano vibe. But oregano is anti-inflammatory. It's very warming, which it can be really spicy. It's great to use when you're feeling under the weather. 
Um, it's great for a seasoning to add it to Italian med- Mediterranean food, like flatbreads, pizzas, pastas, pork roasts. And I actually have used oregano oil to help one of my children break the habit of thumb sucking, which is totally a controversial subject because I realize it is a self-soothing mechanism, but our family was getting very, very sick because um, the kids suck their thumbs or their fingers and it was kind of just time to break the habit and oil of oregano on the thumb did the trick because when it's in in an oil form, it's very strong and it smells kind of off-putting. It's, it just overwhelms the senses. So anyways, that's a total digression. But oregano in the garden likes to be watered very lightly every few days. Basically when the soil is no longer moist on top, less is more for oregano. Again, because it's coming from sort of a Mediterranean climate. So where heat is more present than cold. So oregano is herb number one. Then we are going to move into herb number two, rosemary. She is a must for most gardeners. And I would say there's, uh, I think it's Rosemary Gladstar, that's her name, this very famous herbalist whose number one plant is rosemary. And it's like the thing she has planted everywhere she's ever lived. It is so nostalgic for so many people. It's savory, it's immune, immune boosting. It does really, really well baked into bread, biscuits, roasted into a salt blend, and even used on like eggs and salads. Um, rosemary should be watered very sparingly only when you feel the soil and the roots have dried out. So this is like a desert herb even. I basically ignore my rosemary and then she'll grow into this like perennial queen and get those beautiful little periwinkle flowers, kind of a lavender flower that come out. And those are really fun to garnish with as well. Next on the list, we have thyme, obviously thyme. Medicinally, this herb is really, really great for a sore throat and can actually be made into a tea, a tincture, or a honey. Then when you cook it, the herb pulls in sort of French flavors. It's great for soups, roasts, and stews. Also should be watered similar to rosemary very sparingly when you feel like the roots and the soil have have dried out. So those two complement each other well. And I'll actually go through this episode and tell you like I mentioned, who does well together and who doesn't. But time's another one with like less is more for water. Next up, we have tarragon. And she likes a little more water, kind of similar to oregano. Tarragon likes full, full, full sun. Um, she's fantastic, cooked into a creamy topping like Bernays for a Christmas dinner or even a fettuccine Alfredo. It's a great herb for digestion and even to help remedy anyone with sort of a poor appetite. So it's really enhancing um, flavor and adds sort of a je ne sais quoi, very French moment. But tarragon even taken in a medicinal perspective can help anyone struggling with the desire to eat. Um, So which can be, you know, there's all different forms of feelings around food. So this is a really helpful herb. Next, we have catnip. Okay, catnip, like everyone thinks catnip makes cats go crazy. Catnip and catmint are both fantastic herbs to use for teas and for children with cold or flu-like symptoms. It's really mild, very, very supportive for clearing up any tummy aches, any, I don't know if I ever thought I would say this word on the podcast, but tummy aches, diarrhea, Um Water more as this plant, as the catnip's getting developed and established in the soil, and then you'll reduce it 
to once a week or so in terms of watering. Um, but catnip and also cat mint have these beautiful properties that are very, very good when little ones are feeling under the weather. Next up is sage, which is a gorgeous ancient herb with some varieties being very spiritual, um, like that beautiful white sage that has been, oh man, it goes into a whole sort of thing. But in Native American cultures, it's very spiritual and very cleansing to use white sage to smudge and cleanse. And people have gone out and sort of commoditized this and they've totally um, foraged, like over farmed and foraged white sage and profited from it, which is just a yucky vibe. But I grow some in the garden because we like to use it in similar fashion. However, culinary sage, which is totally different. And there's like pineapple sage and a million bajillion sages at the nursery. But the culinary sage is really, really, really great as a drying agent for a wet cough or for any women, mothers who are ready to stop breastfeeding and nursing. It just dries you out. So sage can also be made into like a honey tincture or an oxymol. Um, but of course it does really well in browned butter and in dishes when you are cooking. Um, it likes to be watered well at the very outset and then reduced to being sort of ignored and not really watered very often at all. Sage is very commonly found out in the desert in very, very, very dry climates. Next we have chives and chives are so common, obviously, but there are two varieties of chives that I grow. I grow like the straight sort of classic onion chives. They are a kitchen essential. I love to cut them and keep them on the counter in water and like a little ball jar. And I use them in eggs and veggie stir fries and sauces. I make chive salt every year. That is just the more bright like sister to an onion salt or um, granulated onion. I always like to use my chive salt instead. And chives are just so lovely. There's a second chive that's garlic chives, which taste more garlicky. And they're more of a wide, flat leaf. It's such a lovely plant. Chives will put out beautiful blossoms as well each year. And chive blossom vinegar is so, so, so to die for. So harvest those chive blossoms, make a vinegar, make a dressing, garnish your dishes with the blossoms. I mean, it's on the next level. And the flowers taste more oniony than the actual leaves. So that's very fun. Next. Okay. This is a weird one you maybe have not heard of. Not weird, just less common. And it's lovage. So lovage is an herb that has a celery-esque flavor, perfect for drying, throwing into soups and stews that adds nutrients and dimension to your dishes. Lovage likes to be well-watered every other day or so, keeping the top layer of soil a little bit moist. Lovage actually likes a little bit more, similar to celery, um, a little bit more attention and water than any of the other herbs that I've listed. However, she does play well with others and can do okay with less, with less water as needed. Um, the other thing Lovage is really beautiful for is indigestion, heartburn, kind of like gassy bloating situation, um, menstrual cramps, and any like sore throats. So she's a really comforting herb for just the kind of achy, bloated, like just not feeling it vibe for men and women. Um, and 
I think it's become a classic I know in my garden because celery is very high maintenance to grow. And so lovage has really replaced that for me in a beautiful way. But you should consider growing lovage. And also it's another beautiful herb to dry into a salt. All of these can be made into salts. And the reason that I like those is, again, they just add a unique flavor. A girlfriend of mine loves to make lovage salt. It's just an herb that sort of calls to her. But she sprinkles it on her hard-boiled eggs every morning. And it's just, or like avocado toast. And it is her favorite thing. She's from Sweden. So it's kind of like a Swedish palate moment. If that speaks to you, lovage. And then I have two more. Um, one is mint, obviously. Mint is fantastic. Dried into tea for a post-dinner moment to settle your tummy. Talking a lot about moments today. Um, but also try mint made into a jelly or a chutney, which is great for the holidays, dressing up meat dishes. And then also they have a thousand varieties of mint. I love a chocolate mint. And you go out in the morning with your coffee Harvest a few sprigs of your chocolate mint, put it in your coffee, and thank me later. It is the most beautiful little moment. Even if you just want to grow one tiny thing to just spark joy in your life this winter, go get a tiny terracotta pot, one chocolate mint plant, plant her up, enjoy her with your coffee, and just be like, I'm a gardener. I'm living my best life. Also, a fantastic gift option would be, again, one chocolate mint plant in a terracotta little pot, tie a ribbon, maybe grab a bag of coffee grounds. Are you kidding me? Tie that up together and gift that as a little set. Like, so thoughtful. Everyone's doing that. I'm going to do that. I just thought of it right now. The next one, the last one is lemon balm. You know I love her. Sometimes she's called Melissa. It's a lemony-ish tasting herb similarly related to mint. That's fantastic for calming the mind and body. So very, very good with sort of anti-anxiety, calm the nervous system herb, very delicious, dried into a tea with honey. And she's sort of on that middle ground level of watering twice a week when that top layer feels sort of dry. Lemon balm, I grow basically as a perennial and in the shade in my garden. And she just gives, like, just puts out really beautifully. I also like to match up lemon balm with lemon verbena for a very sort of zened out tea moment. So I can't stop with the moments, you guys. I seriously can't stop saying that. I sound like a teenager. Um, But lemon balm is a really beautiful herb and the leaves are really pretty colors. I find this to be a really fun one to grow, to dry and gift as well in little tins for tea for people because she's relatively low maintenance. And everybody likes the taste, even the kids like lemon balm. It's just very delicate flavor profile. So that's the list of herbs I recommend growing like right now. They do the best with a little bit less sun, a little bit less warmth. However, some of these can go, like I said, be grown as perennials. But I now want to tell you which ones grow, I think, the best together. So the first, they're going to be sort of the middle of the road, easiest. You're watering them twice-ish a week. Um, these are going to be lemon balm, mint, chives, catnip, tarragon, and oregano. And then you're going to have the herbs that need even less water. You want them to dry out. They look dry on top before you water them. That's going to be rosemary, thyme, sage, and 
that's pretty much it for those. Those are the ones that you can kind of set it and forget it. However, if those are mixed in a planter with some of the other herbs, it's really not that big of a deal. They'll adjust. I would just try to push the entire herb garden in your pot in one direction or the other. Come up with a consistent watering schedule, like decide to establish everybody early on and then like wean them off the water or kind of be watering vigilantly every three days and see how that works for you. You'll be able to tell. The herbs will tell you. No one's going to just die overnight. So just kind of follow their lead. Chives are a really great one where they kind of, they tell you what they need. They get really floppy or really dried out and you can sort of assess from there. But I encourage you to consider getting a big pot or like a large terracotta even, or one of those. Last year, we got them from Walmart when I taught the class. They were like aluminum beverage containers, really. Maybe they were planters, but they were that aluminum metal with the little handles. And I would say they're about 18 inches across and six to 10 inches deep. You want the depth to be more than four inches. And I'll tell you why. Most herbs are sold from the nursery in four inch like plugs, little four inchers. You buy one of them. So you're getting like one oregano plant and that's fine. But the four inch depth, you don't really want to mess with that too much. In your planter, you want to have enough room to put soil and like some rocks at the bottom of the planter. You of course want drainage holes. If your planter doesn't come with them, take it to your local nursery and have them drill in holes. They will do that for you for free. Or if it's aluminum, you can just use a drill. Um, Make sure you're not using the screw tip. Make sure you're using the drill bit. And if you are taking it upon yourself to drill holes into something ceramic, you're going to want a diamond tip on your drill bit. Okay. But um, you want to make sure there's enough space for those herbs to rest on top of some rocks or pebbles and then a layer of soil. Then you put your plant in and then you add the rest of the soil around it. So I always recommend like the planters we had that I would say were, they were 18 inches, 18 inch circles. We had, oh my gosh, I would put six plants in there. I would say you really want them all bumping up next to each other because you're harvesting from them all the time. They don't need to get big and crazy. They're not going to be your forever oregano plant, although you can transplant them into your garden. You want just enough to be clipping from them, sitting it in the windowsill in a bright spot in your house or outside where you can move it around. They're not getting too much weather if you live somewhere harsh. And so they're really like flexible planters that you can have and enjoy forever but also that you can gift so, so beautifully. It's such a thoughtful gift. And I feel like coming with some instructions, like basic care instructions, it's a really thoughtful way to like walk into a Christmas party with this big herb planter or a thank you gift for Thanksgiving or even like a teacher gift in the holidays. I feel like this is such a lovely, thoughtful thing to do. And the children also love to help because you really can't harm the herbs. Like their roots don't mind being disturbed. The kids can help with it. It's such a lovely thing. So I hope this was just inspirational and helpful. And then, like I said, we'll have a little download for you in the show notes. Should you want it for my rosemary biscuits? It's my own recipe. Um, It's very easy. They're very fluffy and so yum. And I hope that you make them. I hope you guys have also an incredible week as we're heading into sort of holiday season. If there are any questions you guys have, let me know. But also, if you're loving the podcast, I would be so grateful if you subscribed, left a review, set it up to get automatic downloads so you don't miss a beat. We've got a bunch of fun interviews coming up. And yeah, 
Thank you so much. So grateful for you. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.